for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. What we've just heard from Eddie Prane in the Holy Spirit and what was shared by Sharon, um, this nation needs Jesus. It really does need Jesus. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, verse 7, um, he said this, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power to me through Though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realised in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence to our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose our over what I'm suffering for you, which is for your glory. What Paul is saying here is the hope for the nations is through the church. That's God's plan. And it is through the multiplication of the church the gospel will be shared. We all love the fact there was Billy Graham's and I I resonated with with Eddie's prayer this morning. But we're living now in the day of the church multiplying and taking the gospel. That's where we are now. It's a new season for us. And there may become new seasons where we have great evangelists coming. Again, I'm sure there will be, but not at the expense of the church multiplying and being salt and light into a very broken society. So today it's our Vision Sunday, so I've really been looking forward to this one. I put my best wedding shirt on that I wore yesterday to save the washing. Um, (laughs) Jesus woke to approximately 12,045 new mornings during his 33 years on earth. And like you, he was met each day with numerous distractions, each calling for his attention. But he remained single-minded, focus on his father's vision to redeem the world. When his parents lost him, um, when he was uh, um, just about coming to his teenage years, they found him in the temple at Jerusalem and they tried to tell him off and he said, don't you know I have to be about my father's business? Even then, he was single-minded about achieving his father's business above everything else. In his reply to the disciples pressing him to stay in one place where people were gathered to hear him, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. This is why I have come. See, the disciples just, oh, we've got, we've got a, almost like a church here gathering. This is nice and big. Jesus said, no, this is not enough. We need to go somewhere else because of the Father's love for the world. Because the Father loves, I have to go. And if you're going to remain in that love, you come with me in this because this is where I'm heading. And it's never changed for Jesus because he wants to bring many sons and daughters into glory. 
by his obedience. So Jesus stayed focused on his destiny with the cross in mind. He, it was said of him, he fixed his face towards Jerusalem. Wow, I just fixed it. I've got to go through this. I've got to go through this for the Father's will to be achieved. And it wasn't easy for Jesus. He, was, he, he laid down his life for this, that the Father's love may be expressed and found by many. And so Jesus stayed focused. He also remained consistent to training up others to continue his ministry after he left. That's very wise. So Jesus didn't simply focus on numbers, but on transformed lives. Because everyone who followed Jesus was known by God and a transformation process was starting. It's not about numbers, it's about transformed lives, isn't it? But he did engage his disciples in counting people to prepare them for greater multiplication. That happened in the Gospels. Do you remember the, the parable, um, not the parable, this has actually happened, the feeding of the 5,000, yeah? We're going to read that now because in it today I believe God's going to speak to us and help us on what we need to grasp and understand what we're about to happen at Gateway over the next 12 months. So it's Luke chapter 9, verses 10 to 17. Now when the apostles returned... 12 disciples, they reported to Jesus what they had done because he had sent them out on mission. Then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learnt about it and followed him. And he welcomed them. That's Jesus welcomed them. Okay, And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed all those who needed healing. Now late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so... They can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are here in a desolate place. Now, I want to note, help you to note this. The disciples had a different attitude to Jesus in regards to crowds. Yeah? They, had to, they were going to have to learn to adjust their thinking from the small thing to the bigger thing because they were following Jesus. And he replied, his, his attitude was, come on, welcome them. If you want to understand the heart of God, if you want to follow me, you've, you've got to change your attitude to growing numbers. Because I love people. The Father loves people. And there are sick people here needing healing. There are hungry people here needing to be fed. You've got to change, brothers. And so it was a learning curve for them to stay on mission with Jesus. Then verse 13, I mean, he really takes them through it. Because they want rest and recuperation, because they worked hard. They wanted just a phase where they can chill out. But the Father's love compelled him to break through the tiredness. And he replied to them, you give them something to eat. I mean, that must have been really a wonderful thing, Jesus said to them. They must have been so pleased that he, he gave them the invitation to get involved. Nothing like it. They, what? We want some rest. We want them to go and get the food. We can chill out here in this little hotel down the road. 
Now, please note about this that there was a clear expectation towards his disciples to break through their tiredness and tunnel vision to see the crowds pressing in. Yeah, there was breakthrough moments for them. This was one of them. And I'm going to put to you this morning, there are breakthrough moments coming to us. He's going, the Holy Spirit is going to put to you, and it's how we respond, we're determining how many people will come to know Jesus in this area and how many sick will be healed. Jesus, the disciples say, let's just keep it small and manageable. We don't do big church. We like it small. We like it intimate. Just the 12 of us in you, Jesus. But they, they needed to stay available. Learning to stay available when you're tired is a huge lesson to learn. It is no sin to be tired. It's no sin to be tired. I can see some of you yawning now. It is no sin to be tired and yawn. Okay. Jesus was tired and some of the, his best encounters with people, supernatural moments, where he was tired. So don't let tiredness be the ceiling by which you operate. You have to break through the tiredness because you're following one who broke through the tiredness. He's fully God, but he was fully human. Jesus yawned. He may have even snored. I don't know. So Jesus challenges their, resort, their thinking regarding available resources. Their thinking was naturalistic. His thinking was supernatural. So they come to him. In another, in another gospel, the same account, it talks about a, a young lad coming in John um, chapter 6. And uh, they come, one of them, I think it's Andrew, brings this young lad to Jesus. He said, look, we found, found a young lad. I always get this mixed up. He's got five, five loaves and two sardines. Right? So, it's kind of funny, really, because there's 5,000 of them. It's the, that's the average home attendance of Gillingham Football Club. So, what's going on here? Perhaps a lad had heard it, and he had more faith than the adults. We only have five loaves and bread and two, and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. They were still thinking naturalistically. They needed to stay available, learning to stay available when they're tied as a huge lesson. Neil Maxwell said this, God does not begin by asking us about our ability, but only about our availability. And if we then prove our dependability, he will increase our capacity. Yeah, so they were, going to they were going to learn and they were going to discover that there was more of God available for them to be, uh, for him to use them. They were going to increase in capacity in the supernatural by daring to, not, to move away from just naturalistic thinking and be involved in serving others. Now, in verse 15, he said this, but his disciples said, have, he said to his disciples, beg your pardon, Jesus said, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so good idea to obey Jesus and everyone sat down taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven he gave thanks and broke them then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people now interestingly that to their surprise Jesus went into organizational mode some people think to be filled with the spirit and to move in the power of the spirit you've got to be so spontaneous all the time but there is 
a part of moving in the supernatural where you're organised and you know the numbers you're dealing with. Find a seat for them, count them and feed them. They, then verse 17 it says this, they all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. I just want, don't know you, but I want to know what happened to them, don't you? I mean, it does, it, it, the, the gospel writer doesn't mention about the 12 baskets. I would love to know what happened to the 12 baskets. Had a coffee or something. Had a coffee, <laughs> what may I have done? Has anybody been to a restaurant? Come on, um, honesty time here. Has anybody ever been to a restaurant and you asked for a doggy bag to go home and you haven't got a dog? Can you, can you stick your hand up? If you've asked for a doggy bag and you've not got a dog... I just want to say, be released from that guilt right now. Because <laughs> my hand's up too. <laughs> but I would love to know what happened to those 12 <laughs> baskets. But multiplication brought more resources. So the disciples had to learn that. that obeying the call to go... And planning for growth won't just mean you're more shattered. It will mean there'll be more resources. I was at Halfords this week getting something or other for the car. I forget what it was. And I met some new friends attending Gateway here on a Sunday morning. And, and their, their eyes beam. They said, hi. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. There are more people now coming to Gateway every Sunday. And they've only been coming what six weeks but wonderful but they could see the increase and they were so excited by it and I got excited by it afresh too and we have been as a church through some pruning some of it is painful because pruning is painful there's loss in that but Jesus said my father is a gardener and he knows how to prune and when he prunes, it's always for more abundant in fruit, yeah? We've got a grapevine at home, and I know, I mean, there's grapes hanging off it now, it looks glorious, but I know, come October, November, I'm going to have to prune it, ready for more fruit, because I want more fruit. It's wonderful. Well, grow grapes in Ashford. And to make wine, too. Chateau Clonk of Ashford. My wife says it's pretty awful. Yeah? Good for cooking. But we're, we're about a great thing here at Gateway. You should know by now, if you've not already visited, we have got a, a new centre called the Riverside Centre in South Ashford, which is sort of the other side of the river, North Ashford. Um, we want to thank you for waiting for the starting of the second meeting, which we've been talking about for a long time at the Riverside Centre. And we recognise we've had to put back the intended start date, but this is to ensure that we plan and prepare effectively to hopefully hit the ground running. Now, delays are as much a part of God's plan as answered prayers. And that might be relevant for more than one person here today. God wants you to trust him. But we are making real progress in working out the logistics and, and can now confirm that the, 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 the first, second public meeting... Gateway will be at the Riverside Centre on Sunday the 27th 
of January 2019. Now, in order to best coordinate the preaching, the North School site here will continue to meet at 10 a.m., while the Riverside South meeting will start at 10.30. Now, I know what you're thinking. As soon as I say that, I don't have to get up so early. That's not what this is about. Okay, I know. I know you're well enough now. We've got to be bigger than that. But we're planning to make some adjustments to both meetings. One being, and wait for this, this is absolutely shocking. There's going to be a limit of 30 minutes on the preaching. And if you preach more than 30 minutes, you're going to be, get excommunicated. <laughs> and I'm glad that's not starting yet, so don't look too happy. <laughs> we want to do that. We want to, re- we, we want to increase the opportunity for more prayer ministry within the meetings because we really do want to continue to embrace more so the priority of the presence of God, to bring healing, encounter. And so we'll be developing and training two ministry teams for each site. Now, could you be pleased be praying if you sense the Holy Spirit might be calling you to be involved on the Ashford Riverside site by contacting the church office, um, yes, just, just for one channel. If you email into the church office, just say, I'm interested. Because we want to start shaping things here and be across any adjustment acquired here at the North School, required here. And Sue and I will be spearheading the second meeting at the Riverside. Although I'll obviously be speaking here at the North School too. Now, whether you stay at the North School or end up at the Riverside, we all need to recognise there is a step of faith we are all taking together. And it's really exciting. We are expecting that we will launch the Riverside meeting with around 40 adults. This will help the meeting start for, with a good call, but also it will benefit the North School site here. There's more chairs available. And for the last two previous Sundays, we've been squeezing people in. We're going to be canvassing opinion on which, meet, which people uh, would be fit for the right uh, meeting and how it all, all goes over the next few weeks. So please engage with us in this. We want to hear God together. There'll be discussions there. But we want, to, we want you to help us to enable us to make good decisions on serving teams and helping to plan for any adjustments required here. Children's Youth Ministry. You see, Ashford continues to change. Now, we might not like change. In actual fact, if I was to ask your vote on this, nobody would hardly like change. Okay, you, we, we don't like change, do we? But change is good. And Ashford continues to change radically. We believe the Holy Spirit is positioning us for greater kingdom impact as the population increases. In the 15, 16 years we've been here, the population is, is, is nearly, has nearly doubled in that time. The new Chilmington Green development will provide 5,750 new homes, 25,000 people approximately, over 1,000 new jobs, a new secondary school, up to four new primary schools, two local centres and a district centre with employment space, a supermarket, a community hub, Shops, cafes, yes. restaurants, yes. <laughs> Our own Riverside Church Centre is located 
under a mile away. I can't kind of think that God's with us in this. As we continue to seek his kingdom, we must and should expect Jesus to grow the church. We would expect that this time next year, as if the growth curve continues, with the two meeting sites, there'll be over 275, 280 adults, apart from the children and youth. So that could be coming up for nearly 400 people that God is gathering. So if you're here for the first time today, just you know, be blessed because you're, you, the train's leaving the station. Our preaching and teaching themes for this autumn will be focused on the power of the gospel. Now, you might think you know the gospel. The question is, are you living it? Is it impacting you day in, day out? Because the gospel is not just something that gets you to heaven. It's something that gets heaven to earth. And we want to be able to articulate the gospel in ways that uh, help people to connect in a gracious, kind way, but in a powerful way too. So you're going to be learning about that this next season. Multiplex, that's when we have, when we come in on Sunday morning, sometimes we have three, three choices, three preachers in three different locations. We want to continue with that. It may not be always at the riverside, but here we want to multiply that because we believe in ministry development. We want to develop a leadership pipeline and one of the elements of leadership is speaking. Not necessarily, not all leadership gifting is to do with speaking. For instance, I couldn't do my little battery-operated charger this morning for the phone. It needed somebody else to help me do that. So the next phase will increase our leadership pipeline of every person who has responsibility here. It's been amazing what's happened. Barbara, she's been doing the PA um, the desk, uh, sorry, the projector desk. How old's Barbara? 80 years of age. She's been doing that. Now she's handed over to Caroline and Caroline is taking that up and we're training people. Tim's, you see behind you next, and you now, Tim is sitting there learning how to do it. This is a leadership pipeline for multiplication. We do that right across every aspect of the church. We can do this. But it's about understanding every person can have a leadership role and when you've trained up, you train somebody else to take your place. So we remain passionate about the Holy Spirit. It's our core value. We want to be pressing into the operating in the gift of the Spirit more than ever and everything he has to impart to us. So we are charismatic gateway. It's not an optional add-on. We, we love the Holy Spirit because he's God. We love it when people move in the Spirit. When Sarah sang that wonderful song she took over, and I thought, I don't know that verse, and I realised she was singing a, a prophetic song this morning that you know, puts goose, pimps on, goose pimples on your goosebumps because God is surely amongst us. Now, because of the spiritual nature of what we're doing, this kingdom advance. We have sense as a leadership we need to develop more the church's prayer life. Terry and Wendy Virgo have agreed to be with us for a whole weekend of the 11th to the 13th of January next year. 
culminating with Terry, speak, Terry himself, who's uh, the founder of New Frontiers, he'll be speaking on the 13th to us about prayer. And when I asked Terry if he could come and do it, he just said, yes, please, that would be fun. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? That would be fun. Such a senior world global apostolic ministry coming to us to speak about prayer. So we're blessed. But he will kick off a series for us. Because I don't know about you, I want to learn to pray more. I, I really do want to learn how to pray more. Max Lucado said this, Our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Rick Warren said this, If you prayed as much as you worry, you'd have nothing to worry about. <laughs> also, we want to develop our small group ministries across Gateway in this coming, the next year. Um, we're looking to develop multiple groups and communities that meet across Ashford. Some of them will be short term, some of them will be long term. They will meet on different days and at different times. They will have a particular focus on community, training and equipping or mission. Sometimes all three, the up, in and out. But we're aware we're in a transition with community groups and sometimes you have to not try and fix something but God's doing a new thing. That's why, that's what we're really excited about. In everything else, we think this is going to be an incredible feeder stream for Alpha because it's going to give you greater opportunities, many of you to engage with your non-Christian friends, invite them along to things, not just sitting around in a Bible study group. As important as that is for many people. And that wasn't the power of God falling on somebody who just felt a, a child just fell off a seat. <laughs> Next, to accommodate this growth, we need to accommodate greater leadership growth too. And so, as a church, church members here, you will be already be aware that we're in the process of prayerfully seeking with the guidance and wisdom and help of Andy Robinson, our apostolic ministry within Catalyst, to extend the eldership team here at Gateway. And we're really thrilled to announce that both Barney Hall, Barney, where are you? Barney led worship day, and Pete Turnbull. It's Pete, he's away, isn't he? India. India. Oh, international ministry, it's amazing. You know, we just can't nail the man down. Um, they'll be joining the eldership team. Barney will be coming into a part-time employment on, for one and a half days a week at Gateway. And he's going to be responsible for helping to organise and coordinate Sunday meetings. Um, what you may not know about Barney um, is that he's been very involved in the Catford New Frontiers Church. There are over 1,500 people there. And he's been one of the leaders on one of the, their multi-sites. And he's got experience of how to do multi-site, multiply uh, meetings. And it's been really helpful for Richard and I to have that added input with Pete's wisdom that Pete brings. Send all of to him, will you? In India, um, and so we're 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 really uh, enthusiastic and uh, full of full of faith, really, that this these things are coming together at the right time, and, and as well, it's going to take pressure off the elders. We have been tired helping to do the riverside, as you know, um, but particularly for Richard, it, having to have responsibility for Sunday mornings organising stuff, set up and all that. And so, Richard, it will give him time to do 
give himself and Pam more pastoral work. So, Richard, thank you for that, as well as your wonderful teaching gifts that, that you serve the church with. This will officially take place on Sunday, October the 7th. Andy will be coming to speak and lay hands on these guys. We're currently finalising the formation of a wider leadership team comprised of both men and women who already lead and have significant leadership responsibilities in the church, that's men and women, to help the eldership make informed decisions in shaping the future ministry of the church. And I'm particularly thrilled at that. I'm thankful that the Bible describes the church as a living body where every member plays their part rather than just attending. If you just, if you just attend Gateway, you're missing out on something. You're part of a body. You're not a detached ear. You're part of a body. That's how God designed you. I'm fascinated by a, a, a guy called Tertius. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote the, the epistle to the Romans. It's one of the greatest epistles, if not the greatest epistles in the New Testament. It's transformed nations. But clearly, the Apostle Paul, I would have thought he had trouble with his eyesight because in Romans 16, verse 22, Paul says, Tertius, who wrote this letter on my dictation, sends, sends his personal greetings. So who was Tertius? I don't know. I sounded like a glue from B&Q you buy to stick tiles on the walls. Well, that's Tetrian. It's Tetrian, isn't it? But Tertius... All his job was, was to write. Had he got that wrong or not turned up, we would never have had the epistle of Romans. Gets to play. Everybody's contribution is invaluable. Let me remind you of our mission statement. Our vision is to grow a family of believers who are passionate about loving God and his presence, that are secure in their identity as sons and daughters of God and filled with the Holy Spirit, each one partnering with Jesus in extending his kingdom daily. You were made for God. And, and until you understand that, your life will never make sense. Don't just attend, get involved. If God only used perfect people, nothing would get done. God will use anybody who is available. We had an email, Richard and I did, from somebody at Gateway. I'm going to quote it. This person said, I'm begging for the opportunity to serve by cleaning the toilets at the riverside. Will you please let me do this? What? Now, we, we you know, the staff, we all clean the toilets. But somebody, seeing a need, because obviously we don't do it very well, saw a need, because <laughs> toilets get dirty, but somebody saw a need and they were begging for an opportunity to be given that responsibility. I just think that's so much like Jesus. But wait for it. That person is over 80 years old. It wasn't Barbara on this occasion. Over 80 years old and seeing a need 
rather than just turning up and using those, this person saw the need for them to be clean and so she, she's begging for the opportunity to be given the responsibility to clean toilets. And if there's anything that brings me joy that we're building well, it's that email. Because when you get to heaven, Jesus is going to be the one that wants to serve you at tables. We have to get this into our thinking. It's upside down thinking. The least is really is the greatest. <laughs> Toilet cleaner, preacher? No. <laughs> Who's the greatest? I know who the greatest is, and it's not the preacher. Begging, begging to clean the toilets because she loves Jesus and has got a passion for mission to see that centre well. So when a non-Christian comes into the loo, they're thinking, wow, this is good, surely God is amongst them. <laughs> Next Saturday at Gateway, Jim, where are you, Jim? Can you stand up, Jim? You're there somewhere, I know you are. That's Jim. Stand up. This man is a good man. Sit down, Jim, you get embarrassed, I know. <laughs> He's humble. Jim is being tasked with moving out from a big loft area, a big metal water tank. It holds thousands of litres, thousands and thousands, and it's metal. We've got to get rid of it, pull it out, and we're replacing a modern plastic one. Now, that might not sound very, very um, important. It's not important at the moment, but when it, the heating needs to come on, it becomes all of a sudden really important. And so Jim's saying, Graham, I need about six strong guys to help me drag this tank outside of its housing and I've got to cut it up outside, otherwise I'll set fire to the building. We don't want that. So here's, a, here's an opportunity, guys. We want six strong guys, or f let's, let, no, let's not over-egg it, five strong guys to be there at um, nine o'clock Saturday morning, not half nine, a quarter to ten, nine o'clock. It won't take more than an hour and a half. I'm going to ask, will you see, speak to my wife and she, give her your names? Remember the lose. Remember every member ministry. Has anybody ever been to an Andre Rio concert? Great. He's good, isn't he? We went to the um, O2 um, Arena Hall and... Uh, fantastic orchestra and amazing singers and there was this big guy at the back and he was sitting down all evening I thought what you you're not doing anything then they played the hallelujah chorus what is, that? is it um what's the full title of that the, the messiah. messiah that's the one and then this guy I see him getting out his chair and he's got these huge things called clash cymbals and he's waiting for it, waiting for it at that moment. And it goes, bang! And it's just, wow! Play it again, bang! And the whole hallelujah chorus makes sense at that moment because there's one guy with clash cymbals at that one moment, bang! He came to help. He came and used his gifting to make it complete. Don't just attend Get involved. Everybody gets to play. You'll be happy doing it. You'll be so happy. You might even want to clean some toilets with 
Margaret. Because <laughs> that's the kingdom. We should be having waiting lists to do the coffee and tea. But Rosie will fight for you to get, get behind her because she loves doing it. <laughs> Thanks, Rosie. Surely this is how the church will grow. Well, I've not got much of a contribution. Just got, it's almost like a little boy. I've not got much of a contribution. Five loaves and two sardines. But the thing is about that little boy, he presented what he'd got and God multiplied it. And it's going to take all of us, church. Thank you for praying for that couple this week, you two. They sent us a text saying, wonderful, we've just speaking in tongues, it's great, thank you. <laughs> Our contribution, everybody's contribution, will make, it poss- make the impossible possible. Numbers 10, 29. Moses is leading his people from slavery through the wilderness to the promised land. And he, he basically said this, Come with us and we will do you good. Come with us and we will do you good. Not that there's anything in us that will be good for you apart from we wanted to be like Jesus and clean toilets and serve. You see, that wedding yesterday couldn't take place without so many people serving. It was outstanding. Outstanding. And you might be here at this meeting for the first time and your heart is crying out, how can I have significance? How can I have a sense of belonging? Well, come with us and you'll have a sense of significance and you'll have a sense of belonging, but it's only because we found the one who gives us significance and a sense of belonging, and that's Jesus. You see, our significance is found not in who we are, but in who he is. And when we, we've all messed up, we're a, we're a church of messed up people who have been forgiven and finding that God loves us so much, he forgives our sin and he gives us his life and he gives us his spirit. And in that we become some sons and daughters of his family and we get a sense of belonging. That's what the gospel is. And that's why we want to do all these things and we're inviting you to really get behind this with us because if father can multiply five loaves and two sardines to reach 5,000 I think we stand a chance don't you amen